Hi, welcome to Enter the Chat Podcast, where we talk about anime, video games, and all things nerdy. I'm Kwa. And I'm Siri. And let's enter the chat. Today's episode, what are we talking about today, Siri? Top three video games to introduce to someone who hasn't played JRPGs. But before we get started, because I actually struggled with this, uh, what is JRPG? Um, I mean, I think everybody has a good idea of what RPGs are. They're, it stands for role-playing games, and it's kind of like a game where you kind of just immerse yourself into the storyline, the, the gameplay, the plot, the characters. You kind of get yourself involved in the story yourself. And it's a role-playing game because you you basically play a role in the game as the protagonist or character in the game, and you progress through the story until you get to the end of it. I feel like a lot of games these days are considered RPGs, but we can talk about a little bit about how like the differences between RPGs and JRPGs is, for me, most... JRPGs or Japanese role-playing games are games that have been created in Japan. It's kind of like they've created their own kind of genre because of the way they've done their storylines, their how they do the combat. Everything's a little bit different than what you would think, I guess, other international RPGs have done. So that that's my definition of a JRPG. Do, do you agree, Siri? Literally, listeners, I I knew there was two distinctions of rpgs however i kind of intermixed them a little bit thinking they were the same things i knew certain types of games were called jrpgs but i kind of encompassed all of them because they are all rpgs i i just i guess i didn't pay attention it's like how a square is a rectangle but not all rectangles are squares (laughs) yeah exactly that's a great way to think about it so let's let's just kind of highlight a couple of i guess western rpgs So like I mean, Tomb Tomb Raider would count. Yeah, Tomb Raider would be because Western. You play as Lara Croft, okay, and then I guess more modern day or more Halo recent Infinite. games. What is it? Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite, where you play Master Chief. Yes. Oh, With, what, that's more. That's more of a first-person shooter, though. Yes, but it's also an RPG because there is a storyline. There is something mm-hmm. you follow. You have a character. You follow along with it. I wouldn't that's necessarily true, yeah. call it an RPG because it's not. I, w- I think most RPGs, in my opinion, have like some sort of decision making and you're not just shooting up monsters or something like that. Oh, um, I love, love that type of gaming. Um, <laughs> uh, but I was thinking like Drake from, is it Fall? It's not Fallout. It's the other one. It's like the male version of Lara Croft, that game. Oh, God. Not Fallout. It's the... Oh, no. I know this on the tip of my tongue, too. I just can't remember. It's been so long since I've played it. Ah! I'm literally Googling it right now. Is it Nathan Drake you're talking about? Nathan Drake. I don't know why I said oh, Drake. Wow. Started from the bottom, now we're here. I know it's, he's voiced by Nolan North. Good time to Google. <laughs> Uncharted. Oh, yeah, Uncharted. Uncharted. Man, that was on my Action RPG. It's like, huh? Uncharted, first sale. It <laughs> was on my Steam account. Okay, so those are some big name RPG from the Western hemisphere yeah. i should say so now we're gonna be talking about jrpgs mm-hmm. which are so from these would east. be like 
just to give a name some examples that most people have probably heard about is just like Pokemon, Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, um, yes. Persona, I would say, mm-hmm. is another one. Shin Megami Tensei is another. Yeah, there's game. a there's some classics I know people talk about all the time, but I've never actually tried to play um, like Secret of Mana, 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 Earthbound, Vagrant Story, and Chrono Trigger. Yeah, those are kind of the classic. I've, I've actually played a bit of all those. Actually, I, oh. I've never actually beaten all of them, but I've played a bit of Chrono Trigger. I played a bit of Secret of Mana. Yeah, uh-huh. see, like, I know of these games. I know that they're favorites. I just never have had the chance to play them, which is really crazy because I feel like I've been gaming a long time. I actually submitted a, a best friend application to someone on Twitter today about how I played video games since I was in first and second grade, but I've never really dove into these games. I just know of them, which is, which is weird. Anyway. Hey, there's a lot. Um... And every gamer, I, th- you're, you're, I don't think you're a good gamer unless you have a giant backlog. <laughs> then I don't know how good of a gamer I really am. <laughs> I know really obscure stuff that no one cares about. <laughs> but uh, ironically, I picked games that are not of that type. So, so the way I'm approaching this is the games I picked, I only picked two because I could not find a third one. But I have honorable mentions, so I will talk about those. These are games I would kind of test and see how much someone knows of the like genre slash video games in general these are titles that i think made such a big impact and most people know them or should know by name because you'd be surprised how people how many people don't know the games i'm gonna name today and i've actually been shocked i was like really i might not know <laughs> i don't know i i, I think you do oh. i think you do don't okay don't, yeah all right anyway, um Challenge accepted. <laughs> since I have two, why don't you start with one and then... Oh, I was going to say you go first since I went first last time. That's fine. I can go. Okay. So my first one is actually the first handheld game I ever played. It, it was just such a big influence to me. And I feel like it really introduced me to this whole world of video games. And it has to be the Pokemon franchise. I said it at the beginning, and I'm going to say it now. And I know we talked about this before the podcast, was you didn't really think of Pokemon as a JRPG. But to me, it holds a special place in my heart because that's how I got started in the gaming was I got a copy of Pokemon Gold, part of the Gold and Silver combo for the Game Boy Color. And that was the first Pokemon game I ever played. I know there's red and blue and yellow and crystal and all those other ones. And I know there's a bunch of the newer ones, too. But Gold is the one I started on, and I played the crap out of that game. I beat it probably a hundred times over. I knew where everything was hidden. I caught every Pokemon, except for the ones you could trade because I had no friends. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I couldn't trade anything. So I would say Pokemon would probably be my first game I would introduce someone to, just because it has a bit of everything. It has a story that you can follow. A lot of cool characters, even though... Some of them might seem nameless because you're just you beat them in a Pokemon battle once and then you move on to the next person. You looked at me funny. We need to battle. (laughs) Yeah. So this is just like a really cool concept where you just bring out a creature called a Pokemon and you fight other trainers who also have Pokemon and there's weaknesses. So like water beats fire, fire beats grass, stuff like that. It kind of introduces you into this concept of 
weaknesses between traits or personalities or something like that, which is kind of a stepping stone, I think, to all the other RPGs because they've all developed some like a weakness chart. Um, right. I was about the- to say that that's yeah. definitely I think it did kind of set the stage for that because I think everyone in future I remember this. I think you told me when I started playing Persona 5, was it 5? Yeah, Persona 5, that I couldn't figure out what something was weak to, but then it was very obviously a certain type of element, and then people reference, oh, just think back to, like, Pokemon. Like, yeah. water and, yeah. uh, water and I electricity. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was you. So. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just a really cool concept. I don't think they started it, but they definitely were the ones that, blew up the whole idea of like the weakness charts thing because i'm i know there's other games before that that already had that other combat game stuff like that and yeah to me pokemon has to be number one just i i don't particularly enjoy the newer game i i still got it i still played it there's just so many different pokemon it's kind of like one of those games where you kind of just come back to it because they got all these new pokemon to capture you know gotta gotta catch them all my God, there them are all. too many and, Pokemon that, yeah. from my taste. Yeah, and I'm a huge <laughs> collector addict where I, I like to collect everything. So that that's my problem. So Pokemon feeds into that problem. And Siri knows this. I <laughs> I like to collect things. No, um, he's, not he's a hoarder, got all the board games. Will, he's like got all the backlog, not backlog, the ever-increasing game lists of games yeah, to play. Shows me it shows how I'm a great gamer <laughs> or appreciative of the arts, you know. You know, it's I never got to play the Pokemon games, I, even though I was a big card collector. My parents, I, ironically, they, they were like, Oh, we are not getting you a handheld, that's gonna hurt your eyes, the screen's gonna be too small, and you need to be spending more time reading anyway. And look, we have cell phones about the s- size of a handheld, but. I would have really loved to play those games because I I did grow up watching Pokemon like every other kid when they get home from school and, and watching Toonami. Or is it Cartoon Network? I think it was Toonami. Pokemon? Yeah. It's I just whatever. remember I watched it. I don't, kids I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> but I'm glad. I'm glad. I know it's made a huge impact. You know, people who I didn't know were gamers played these games. And so I think it had a really wide reach. You know, there wasn't really a whole lot to learn you other than 100, original 150 Pokemans. So Pokemans. Pokemans. I say Pokemans. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if I were to go through the franchise and kind of just like pick one game to play, honestly, I would probably do Pokemon Soul Silver or Heart Gold. Is it Heart Gold? Yes. Because even because I remember Gold was my fir- my first one, but they improved it in the. I think it was the DS. Yeah, the Nintendo DS game, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. And I, I think most people around the world have said that's probably the best game out of the entire Pokemon franchise, story wise, feature wise, uh, Pokemon wise, and just being able to go through all the different regions in there. It's really cool. And even though we have all the newer ones with the 3D animations and everything, that's really cool and all, but sometimes I feel like the story is kind of lackluster and. and I still played it. I still enjoyed it, even to this day. So, Pokemon, number one. <laughs> nice. All right, Siri. Your turn. Mine is not quite on the same playing field, but this is a no-brainer. I've talked about this game extensively. Final Fantasy X. 
not I mean the whole franchise I think is worth checking out. I haven't gone through all the games myself, but Final Fantasy X is one of the first ones I finished by myself. I played the other ones but never either finished them or I was playing with someone. This one I actually played on my own and I think it's a great starter game. But before I go into that, just gonna give a quick synopsis. So you play as the main character, Titus. There's a whole debate on how you say his name. Titus. Well, people say Titus, but it's definitely Titus. Check Kingdom Hearts. Titus. He lives <laughs> He lives in this, you know, futuristic mecha world and he claims he's the star player of the Xanarkin Abes, which is a Blitzball team, and Blitzball just quick note is underwater soccer. That's basically what it is. Anyway, so he gets sucked into this Wait, like, so it's water polo, but you kick it? Water polo. Yes. I forget how to play water polo, but I'm going to say you yes. You the ball, like kind of like basketball, I guess. Sure. But I think often, if it, when I, when you I play know. the game, I, it, it feels more like soccer to me. Yeah, okay. Okay. But um, anyway, so like very beginning, you know, he's in the middle of a tournament and then his city gets like destroyed by this big creature giant creature which you learn later is sin and he gets sucked into this like time warp hole thing and he's fast forwarded a hundred no hundred a thousand years into the future and that's where he meets you know the whole ensemble of characters and they go on this grand mission to go and defeat sin they find out some plot twists along the way and so it it's it's mainly focused on this long journey to fight the big bad creature so that that's the story of Final Fantasy. But anyway, you know, this is one again I would choose as a starter game because the whole Final Fantasy franchise up until the more recent ones where they start become there was one MMO one, now there's more like open world. I'm thinking like more classic Final Fantasy was all turn based. However, Final Fantasy X I think is one of the only ones where you actually have turns and you can think longer on what decisions you want to make and you can actually see who whose turn is coming up on the roster versus everyone's going to argue that final fantasy 7 is the best one which i can agree to it's one of the big titles for that franchise but you have to kind of think on you quick on your feet so i'm just trying to think in the mindset if i'm a brand new you know, gamer to JRPGs and I'm going to play Final Fantasy, I would want to be able to experience it and not, you know, be so anxious trying to get the right moves and the right strategies in, in, the, in the combat. So, I mean, if you want to dip your toes into Final Fantasy or JRPG, I think Final Fantasy X is going to be your best bet. This, is, this game is on all the top PS2 lists. I mean, it made such an impact. And I think that um i'm rambling (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's there's nothing hokey about it i don't think you know there's no super fan servicey scenes there's no overly complicated story you know there's women fighting i only played a little bit of uh final fantasy 10 i think i got through maybe 10 15 hours something like that and Mm. i noticed like because I'm used to the old Final Fantasy, like little 8-bit characters, because that's what I grew up on. So mm-hmm. the fact that they moved it to a 3D character world, it's kind of 
interesting. The combat was a little different. I don't remember all the details, but and the story and voice lines were okay too. I never beat it. <laughs> well, that, but I did appreciate yeah. how they like brought this Final Fantasy world to like a more realistic view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. I was, I was trying to remember if like nine kind of teetered on that. Well, I don't. Remember, I don't remember if it, if nine was more blocky kind of graphics versus more realistic HD three. I mean, 3D. nothing compares to Final Fantasy seven remake, right? <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> that's a great game too, but <laughs> I've I've replayed Final Fantasy X at least five times. I think it has great re- replayability, but again, that's just a that's just a game that I think is straightforward. You're not gonna get lost going places. You don't have to revisit too many places. It's all just very linear and easy to get through as a new gamer. Yeah, that's my spiel on Final Fantasy X. <laughs> yeah i i definitely enjoyed it all the final final fantasy franchise games i was actually it's actually on my list i wasn't sure if i was going to put in my top three i was going to mention the franchise itself as my number two but i might change and mid recording (laughs) but i i really like the older style ones like the 8-bit characters my favorite was probably final fantasy 6 i played let me think i played one two three I think I didn't do four. I did five and six were the ones I played. I don't think I beat five, but it's been so long since I've played all those games. I played them when I was whew, middle school, high school, <laughs> oh. something like that. And then I've been meaning to go back and just kind of like replay it just to see like what's the difference between RPGs nowadays and back then. Because back then I was too young. I kind of didn't really, I just played to play. I didn't really think about like, statistics or battle strategies i kind of just grinded everything super uh overpowered characters and then just destroyed the the game from there but i'd probably go back and try playing it again at some point just to see a comparison of the games but i think my favorite one was Final fantasy 6 i hear um, that a lot too that 6 is a great contender as well i think i think you since you played all the original ones, you have this more fonder experience with it and appreciate yeah, the old graphics. Like a, yeah, I would have. I mean, I picked Pokemon, right? So kind of eight bit characters, yeah. retro, uh, yeah. Final Fantasy RPGs, retro. Those were just all great storylines, and it was just really good to play through it and see what the characters did. I wouldn't say it was really choice heavy as much. It was kind of like it all led to one singular path. Not many games back then had um, multiple paths or storylines. I think nowadays they try to create games that have a lot of variation so that you can go and replay it again, pick different choices. I, I guess I can do my, my number two now. Yeah. Um, I'm nodding my oh. head. Y'all can't see it, so I'm nodding my head. <laughs> um, for my number two, if it wasn't going to be Final Fantasy franchise, was going to be Zelda, the Zelda franchise. Okay, I okay. If the if you're counting Zelda as as a JRPG, we're gonna have a debate about the, not a debate okay. a discussion. Are but, you talking JRPGs as turn based only? No, I looked it up. I did so much research for this, guys. I was trying to make sure I had the description right. Anyway, go ahead with your pick, and then I want to add my number three. Okay, then what would you consider Zelda as? People, I, I read a lot of Discord about it. It's just they, 
They're saying it's action RPG, ARPG oh, okay. versus oh, okay. a JRPG. So I was like, okay. I mean, if you want to do that, another letter I, I need to learn. Yeah, I mean, okay, so yeah, it's technically an action RPG, but it's also a JRPG because it kind of falls in the same realm as created pan um, RPG. So let me backpedal and not do Zelda, okay? Just so we can just be on the same page. No, I want you to go ahead. No, it's and fine. Talk it's about fine. I had another. I have many <laughs> options. So this one is the Dragon Quest series. Mm-hmm. This is actually my number three. So <laughs> I was gonna I, talk yeah. about it. Eventually. So the Dragon Quest series is also something near and dear to me. I the first game I ever saw my cousins play when I was a kid. This is before Pokemon. This is this is like way before that was Dragon Quest. And I think it was Dragon Warriors, actually, or Dragon Monsters. No. Where you get to control an army of monsters. You, it's kind of like Pokemon, um, except these guys follow you. So they, they, they follow you like from behind. And you go around into dungeons, and you uh, fight all these different monsters. And then you, they, they want to become your friends afterwards. It's not like you catch them with a Pokeball or anything. They're like, oh, he stayed after the battle. He wants to be your friend. Uh, and you say yes or no, and then you collect all of them. And then you can start fusing monsters together, like Slime 1 and Slime 2 combined to make a bigger slime, something like that. And the artwork was based from the Akira Toriyama, the Dragon Ball Z creator. So all the artwork was just phenomenal. And this is like in the early stages of the Game Boy Color and Game Boy games and everything. And there, it just had a captivating storyline. Um, a lot of the characters made funny, funny expressions, like from Dragon Ball Z and stuff. Uh, basically the same art, just different characters, you know. He has a very distinct style. Like, once you see it, you can't unsee the Dragon Ball in the, the whole game. Oh, and, Lord. <laughs> yeah. and the storylines weren't... They were very straightforward. You could There's always, like, a big bad guy with many bad bosses. And uh, Dragon Monsters was based on more the monster-heavy side of things, whereas Dragon Warrior... Uh, and Dragon Quests were basically the human side where you go battle monsters. You don't fuse monsters, but you go fight them, you level up, you change classes. Uh, it's very similar to Final Fantasy. Like, this was basically Final Fantasy Rival, I guess. I don't think it picked up as much as Final Fantasy because people just preferred the Final Fantasy combat system. Um, I think for that one, I don't remember what it was called, but you had like a recharge, right, before you could use an ability and sometimes it if it like recharges faster than the boss monsters you have to use two like either attack or abilities but for dragon quest they didn't have that it was more just turn-based there's no timer or anything that so just strictly time-based and they just had really funny storylines it wasn't too too serious but there was always a serious undertone but i don't know how much of it i can remember because I, I played these when i was so young <laughs> Oh, they actually they stuck with you, huh? Yeah. And so I would say Dragon Quest. Um, the newer ones these days are also the same thing. Just, you know, 3D, kind of like Final Fantasy. But they don't do open world. Um, it's still turn-based. But there's, like, dungeons you run through, and it's all 3D. It's really nice. Um, I actually have Dragon Quest on my backlog. Dragon Quest Eleven. Nice. So... Nice. Yep, Dragon Quest series. You'd probably be interested in it too. Well, my only experience is playing Dragon Quest Eight. My dad was playing it, and then he. This is where I learned to play Russian roulette. 
he was trying to just I don't know he was trying to farm money or he had to play Russian roulette for some reason. He just didn't want to do it. So I learned how to play Russian roulette and get the big wins for him before he went off on his next adventure. My dad was a big Dragon Quest fan. Uh, I don't know why I never picked it up. I guess because he was too busy playing it, so I never got a chance to do it myself. But yeah, that, that's the only experience I have. I know it's a big. I know it's a big, influential series and franchise. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know they have the Dragon Quest character in the uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate, so it's definitely held its held its name for a long time. I feel like you went super retro with your picks because mine are so mainstream. <laughs> what mine are mainstream, sort of. I feel like Pokemon I feel mainstream, like Final Fantasy is mainstream. I I mean I guess Dragon mine Quest are more mine not. are more predictable. So I'm gonna go into my second one, not a franchise. It's a specific game of the franchise. And again, putting myself in the shoes of someone who's never played RPGs or been exposed and wants something that's easy to play and maneuver, I picked Kingdom Hearts 2. So just if I can sum up Kingdom Hearts in general in a few sentences. uh, (laughs) Classic battle between light and darkness. You play main character Sora, who is a warrior of light. He kind of gets thrown into this this war without even realizing it he in the first game he encounters darkness and then he believes that the darkness has taken his two best friends Kairi and Riku and that's where the grand adventure starts and this my biggest gripe with this franchise is that I believe Nomura wrote the plot as he was going along. There was no like pre-planned, pre-development mapping or anything. He just kind of made it up as he went. So that's that's my biggest gripe. Is like it's so convoluted and crazy. And even if you watch a video for 30 minutes explaining what to know in linear order, you still don't understand anything. I don't. I, I know. Don't. Before Kingdom Hearts three came out, I watched several videos explaining the plot to me at least three times and i still didn't understand it but i feel like for his games sorry um i feel like for his games it was like disney was like here's a bunch of disney characters make story basically (laughs) it's basically what i got from kingdom hearts yeah so kingdom hearts is known to be a culmination of original characters Mixed with Disney characters, mixed in with Squaresoft or Square Enix characters. I mean, my big thing with it, people that people gravitate to, is just like the nostalgia factor of seeing all the different Disney worlds, not Disney world, uh, Disney world, seeing the Final Fantasy characters in there. You know, you, you get to team up with Hercules and Aladdin and plenty more, Ariel, Mulan, but. Anyway, Kingdom Hearts 2 is probably the most player-friendly, in my opinion. I haven't finished it, but I can tell that I like playing it so much more than Kingdom Hearts 1, where I feel like the stages kind of drag along a little too too long, and you have to backtrack and go to different rooms over and over again. It's kind of like Zelda, where you had to like you start in one room, you had to go get something from this room, come back to this room, and then you unlock the next room. You know, it's kind of like that. And then Kingdom Hearts three, slight spoiler, is mostly cinematics. You 
I felt like I barely played that game enough to get a whole experience out of it. Love the graphics. They're beautiful. And I'm glad we finally got the game. But I think Kingdom Hearts 2 has a bit more straightforward, shorter levels for someone to easily just get through qu- quickly. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And I would agree. Yeah, I think if if you're just looking for ease of playability and easy mechanics, I think Kingdom Hearts 2 is your friend. And I'm just thinking on the battle system. It's not turn-based, so it's... What is it? Is it just free roam battle combat? Like, what's the technical term for it? Action RPG, Siri. Well, I know it's action RPG, but... You encounter enemies in battles, you just stumble upon them. They don't have this grand, like, cut like transition scene and then you're in a, a turn-based battle you just the enemies pop up and you fight them but i feel like in kingdom hearts 2 i felt like i felt so much more fulfillment defeating enemies versus in kingdom hearts 1 i felt like i was just struggling to kill <laughs> enemies kingdom hearts 3 again they take a lot of moments away from me it's like, oh, I just beat him, but now I have to watch 30 minutes of video. No, seriously, I, that's that's basically what it is. But yeah, I think Kingdom Hearts 2 is probably my favorite. And I think it's early enough in the actual story to where you don't need to know too much before like diving into the different... Like There are so many games spanning across different consoles from PS2 to the 3DS to mobile. It just There's just too much involved and they all Um, have a continuation too which was a bit of a a, i was trying to get through i finished one and i was trying to get through two but there's like holes right holes of the plot missing like even between one and two there is a plot missing and then between two and three there was like i don't know maybe six or seven plots missing so even though it's kingdom hearts one two and three it's really more like kingdom hearts one then two and a half. Ten of memories is between and one then, and two. And then seven. <laughs> it's what it. <laughs> that's really what it was. Yeah, um, that, so I don't many. know why they did that. That again, that's my biggest gripe. Well, that's my second gripe. Is first the plot is way too convoluted, and then they spanned the whole franchise across different consoles. And it personally for me, I've always been a PlayStation gal, and I just I just never wanted to pick up different ones just to play the game. I just waited. To, I just waited for Kingdom Hearts three. But then, like watching the videos, years. and then watching the videos to like kind of like recap what happened between the game, it just didn't feel the same. I mean, it was good to know what the story was, but it definitely didn't feel the same as playing the game yourself. You know? Yeah. That's like yeah. one of the things I did before I tried out Kingdom Hearts three. Kind of just watch all the the cinematics and all the storylines from the other game, and. Although they were interesting, like really, really interesting, it was just a long, long movie. Like a history and, lesson, almost. Yeah, and I feel like I was missing some of the stuff because there was no combat involved. It was kind of just like, oh, here's a cutscene, here you go, then another cutscene, here you go, but no in between. So I kind of like lost out on a lot of the, I guess, chat or the gameplay itself. So yeah. I don't know if I'm ever gonna go back to to play those because I feel like it'd be a hassle, but. I, I definitely agree. It's a good JRPG uh, to start out with, even yeah, if dip your toes in. I mean, you. I think the basic plot you want to know for that game is it, Sora continues his journey with Donald Duck and Goofy to find his two friends, and it's not some other side plot or anything like that. 
again, nostalgia factor plays a big part with this series is, you know, just getting to visit all the different Disney destinations. I'm going to say worlds. <laughs> but, yeah, Kingdom Hearts is a, it's a great franchise. I like what they did with it. I just wish it was done a little bit better. Yeah, but Kingdom Hearts 3 is still a beautiful game. Just so many cutscenes. Yeah, just get your popcorn ready and then you'll be set to go. <laughs> All right, my turn for number three. I'm not going to do Zelda. No, I'll probably put that in my honorable mention. I will do... Man, all my games are like retro games, which is I, fine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's literally all retro games because these are all games I played when I was a kid. Probably which Breath of sense. Fire. Sorry, go ahead. One more time. Breath of Fire. Breath of Fire. Breath of Fire. Okay. Yes. So I guess during this time period, Dendo or all the game studios are like, let's all make JRPGs and all have turn-based combat. And Breath of Fire was another one that I played a ton of. And it's very similar to Dragon Quest, except these are like all different characters from different kind of like races, how they come together. Like one of them, I, I think Breath of Fire 1 had one of the characters was a villain, and then <laughs> he turned around and became one of my party. And <laughs> it was just such a funny like moment. I was like, oh, you want to join my party, but I just beat you and you're now my party member. And now... It had really quirky characters. They all had very specific personalities that kind of like brought out their character. And and then in Breath of Fire 2, they kind of just come back together, but with some other characters from the uh, like the other different characters. But we had like some returning characters come back and it was just like, oh, hey, this is a character I played in Breath of Fire 1. And they came back to Breath of Fire 2. You know, I feel like another franchise did that as well. And I can't remember the name of it. Bravely Default and Bravely Second was also another game. Very similar. They did the same thing where they just pulled back old characters and put them into the sequel. It just made it interesting because you, you play through the first one, then you go to the second one. And it's like, oh, they come back. Always so that like, like that. The yeah. re-return. Yeah. So, I mean, Kingdom Hearts does the same thing. I mean, Sora's the main character throughout the entire thing. Cloud but makes like, an appearance. Yeah. I mean, who complains back- about that? And then you'll bring back like old friends from other. Yeah, other and you get to kind of see them progress together as they grow through the franchise. Yeah. If that makes sense, kind of yeah. deal. So that was, oh man, I forgot one. I should have used this one too. Okay, honorable mentions. Can I just honorable do this? mentions? Let's go. This let's should, go. This technically should have been in my top three as well, but honorable mention, Fire Emblem. <laughs> I had a feeling you would pick that one. Yeah, I saw that. In the list. I was like, I completely forgot about that. Fire Emblem has huge, huge franchise. Um, they've had multiple games spawning, like going through, I think almost all the Nintendo consoles, I think, had a Fire Emblem game. And it's one of my favorite franchises ever just because you build a lot of character relationships. This game is basically all character relationship because you build chat support with them. Basically, you you can pick a character and become friends with them, battle with them more. The more you battle with them, the more interaction you have between an interaction and cutscenes between the main character and the character you pick or you played with and you could almost say it's like a dating simulation <laughs> for most of the games uh some of them not as much but some of them you also could marry the characters it could be girl guy it doesn't matter they'll the game will let you marry them 
or marry them, you know, quote unquote, marry them. And some of the games also had features where when you picked a character to marry or you picked two characters to marry, they could also have a child that would be a combination of all their stats. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of, wow. I didn't know that much. Wow. Yeah. But only some of them, some of the games, I think only two or three of them had that feature. I thought it was a really cool thing because then you basically have this kid who looks like his parent, right? His or her parents. And he would have traits from both of them. So let's say one of them was a knight. So he would have knight person or knight traits. And then he could also be a cavalier, 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 cavalier. It's a knight riding a horse. So he would also have riding capabilities as well. So it's kind of like a combination. And it, it was just, there's also weaknesses in that game. Like a spear can can defeat a sword person. Oh no. Sword can defeat a spear person. Spear can defeat an archer and archer can beat a sword. Something like that. It's like a triangle. Oh, like of, rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, kind of. And like light magic defeats dark magic, stuff like that. And just a lot of things you have to think about. And it was a turn-based game, but it was more of a like you have to move your units on this giant grid of Okay. Dungeon, like a, a grid that's a dungeon, and you move your units and you fight enemies as they come throughout the dungeon. And um, the one cool feature I think about Fire Emblem, a lot of people are very against playing casually in that game. Uh, there is a mode called the Classic Mode. This is how all the original Fire Emblem games are played. And if a character dies, they die permanently. Okay, okay, they don't come back. They don't. They don't faint, and then you can like revive them with them. like a phoenix feather or down. Oh my down. god, I would be terrible at this game. Um, I'm a filthy so casual. The first few games were all played like that. They did not have a casual mode. Um, the later games did have a casual mode. So I, I nowadays I play casual mode, but I play as if it's classic because I don't have time to go restart the game and play again if my character no, died. But usually all. I play as if it's casual or classic. And majority of my characters don't die. I think I've had like one death in three houses so far, but I just played with that character anyways. It was like an accident. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Rest in peace. (laughs) So most of the characters I played, most of the games I played, I played it as if it was classic, like the original games. So that was like one feature they had in that game where the newer games, the old retro gamers of of Fire Emblem are all like, no, classic only. So, So yeah, Fire Emblem, one of my favorite franchises. Uh, the artwork amazing music amazing storyline usually amazing they have a lot of dlc content for all the games too so it's kind of crazy they also have a mobile game now i played it for a little bit but but, uh i can't get into it uh even though it has like all the characters from and then of course it's on super smash ultimate as well and all the smash games there's always fire emblem characters in there you know filthy swords (laughs) so yeah fire emblem one of my I, I think that's my only honorable mention, to be honest. <laughs> I've never played Fire Emblem, but I know of its prestige. Again, I know so, I know so many titles, and I know how much they mean to people, but I've never actually actively played. But yeah, I've heard a lot about Three Houses and how much fun it is. I think my best friend is playing it, and she's never, to my knowledge, played the Fire Emblem games before, and she really likes it. So, good job, Fire Emblem. Is it dating sim? No, I think there was like one specific character that she was like, she's all about the different types of characters and stuff. So um, I think she gravitated to one or something, or maybe because she has a switch and she's trying to try to play all the games to get her money's worth. 
Honorable mentions for me, well, so I added one just during this conversation. I, w- I just want to give a shout out to, if this is if this can count as a JRPG, from the Legend of Zelda franchise, Link to the Past. That was probably the first one that I played as a kid, and even I could comprehend it. Again, going for playability, easeability, uh, without needing to know too much. It's very straightforward. I love the graphics. If you want to go retro, I want to go retro for one game, Link to the Past on Super Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, I played it as a kid. I played it with my cousins. And then when I got the Super Nintendo Mini, I pl- I played it on my Twitch stream as an adult. And I still enjoyed it. It, it has great replayability. Just want to give a quick shout out to that uh, since we brought it up for like five seconds. My honorable mention is a game that I don't know most people know. Although I'm meeting people more and more who have heard of it, and we're all secretly waiting for a remake to come from Square Enix. Parasite Eve. One. Just one. Not the whole franchise. This this is a game, it was two discs, and you play as Officer Bree, Aya Bree. You are, I think, you're a 25-year-old. You're a 25-year-old NYPD, and I, I, I specify 25 because the shit that she goes through at 25 years old, I could never go through at 25. She is just out on a, on a date, not on the town kind of thing, and then she she witnesses an opera literally going up in flames because of a spontaneous combustion caused by evolved mitochondria. Mitochondria is in our cells. The powerhouse of our cells. The powerhouse of our cells. It creates the energy. It can live without the nucleus. This is where I learned all my science stuff from this one game. (laughs) So once that happens, she learns that there's this mitochondria Eve person who's overtaking a woman's body. And then she's on a, that Eve is on a mission to create an evolved not race, but just letting evolved mitochondria roam free again. Like they used to inhabit the world and then the humans took over. Now they're up for uprising again. So uh, Ayabri, for some reason, is the only person who can stop Eve. She has this special ability within her mitochondria, which you find out that unfolds later. But basically you're just chasing down Eve and trying to stop her evil games. But um, I've heard it said, and I think I agree with this opinion, that Parasite Eve is kind of like the female version of Final Fantasy. The graphics are very, very similar to Final Fantasy uh, 7 and 8. Even the profile picture of Aya looks just like Cloud from 7. <laughs> but I, I like that, you know, they had a strong female character for this game. So if you're all about women power, play this game. But it is a horror game at its core, and you will be afraid of your own mitochondria. Just be aware of that. I think it... Oh, I can see mine right now. They're looking oh. at <laughs> This one is is semi-turn-based. It has an attack time bar that fills, and you can act whenever it's full. See, that's um, what I was talking about. The old retro Final Fantasy games as an attack time bar. Right, thing. exactly. Right. Yeah, and this one you had to think on your feet, but I think this one has a little bit more free you don't have to think as much. So you either shoot because your your main weapon is a gun and you can upgrade it and all that stuff. So you have a gun so you can only shoot. You have a magical power that you can tap into. And then there's not quite an extensive library of spells. I think it's a more simplistic kind of attack time base. If that makes sense. So yeah, Parasite Eve Square 
Enix, if you're listening to this podcast, please remake Parasite. <laughs> Sponsor us now. <laughs> Sponsor us and then make the remake just for me. <laughs> but I, I will say that. I, will, I wouldn't say it's in my top three because it's, it's, a, mm, it's not one that I would recommend point blank to someone trying to get into the, the genre. I think this one is a little bit more of an acquired taste because of the content, the story, and just I would never recommend horror to someone first thing unless unless horror is there was where they jam. But I think something a little bit more simple and and lighthearted is the route I would go. Something easy. Okay, fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I hope all the listeners have uh, gotten a good taste of our different JRPG preferences until I'm totally, totally into the retro stuff. Or into the modern stuff. Yeah. I mean, some of yours is still somewhat retro, but, you know, mine are all the 8-bit characters. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. All big franchises, too. Um, yeah. But, I, so mean, I mean, franchises funny. mean something. It means these games have worked time and time again. JRPGs are still very, very popular. And they're played on consoles, they're played on handhelds, they're played on mobile apps now, and they're they're just everywhere. And I I think it's it's a good starting place for a lot of gamers because sometimes you don't need to have those FPS skills to shoot. Just about to say like yeah, plus skill based. I mean, there is some skill to it. There's some strategy to it, but you have more than just like two seconds to aim at someone than to aim at. Someone. I, I'm a slow person, so I like to think about my my actions before i (laughs) see someone coming from the corner and just going oh my god i need to shoot him which is ironic because that's why i picked final fantasy 10 for that reason because i'm a slow thinker too i like to think before i act i feel like when i when i try i tried to go through final fantasy 7 the original but it's just it's way too quick it's way too quick for me even some people, I mean, granted, some people speed run that game so they know exactly what they want to do. They do the, they double the, the speed. I'm just like, how do you play like that? I have to like, okay, this person needs this. This person. <laughs> but, Speedrunners are like another beast. <laughs> yeah. So Final Fantasy X, Kingdom Hearts 2, and if you're feeling ven- adventurous, Parasite E for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mine were what? Pokemon? Oh, man, I already forgot my three yeah because you got you kept putting everything in the three uh yeah uh dragon Uh, quest dragon quest fire emblem i say i would say breath of fire would probably be my you said breath of fire yeah honorable mention now that i think about it see this is why i should probably just list it but then i didn't realize we weren't gonna do action rpgs (laughs) i mean hey we can we can do a whole another episode of action rpgs and then we can dive into zelda yeah (laughs) Yeah. just talking about zelda the whole time this this entire episode is zelda well, okay, so if we're going to do action RPGs, that kind of opens up a whole new world of RPGs that a I could add. World. Yeah. <laughs> Disney sponsor us. <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I just feel like RPGs is already a big umbrella, and then there's, like, different, like, I, I, I learned action RPGs are a thing literally last night. Uh, I knew JRPG, or JRPGs, that one is, like, most identifiable, identifiable with Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, there's action RPGs. I'm sure there's other ones too. The whole alphabet, you know. BRPGs, CRPGs, F RPGs. Sure. Actually, I don't even want to think about what F RPGs are. French RPG. <laughs> oh yeah, friends, friendly. Friendly. 
Family RPG. <laughs> oh, family rated. Yes. Well, that about wraps it up. We're heading up on our time here. A little over, actually. A little over, but I think we're good. We hope you liked the choices we picked. If you have a JRPG, strictly JRPG game yeah. that you think people should be introduced to as their first time game, be sure to let us know on social media. We like to listen to everyone's different opinions. We all have, we all have different histories of gaming and what games we were exposed to. So you might have a totally different game than what we've named here today. I'm an old boy, so retro games are how I started. So, and that Sour. makes sense. You were a kid, so you were learning RPGs, JRPGs. Yep, yep. and that wraps it up. Quan Siri right. out. Thanks for listening. Bye. You can stop now. Mm-hmm.